everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. And I missed my first take of that and (laughs) mom mouthing it to me on a delayed (laughs) video was kind of funny. But welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm excited for season two. Thanks for uh, showing up for us season for episode what? one. Uh, sorry, season three. But <laughs> episode Time warp. One. Yep. Uh, I was I was so happy with you know how everybody uh, showed up, listened to the episode. I actually came home from a bike ride and Connie was listening to the episode on the loudspeaker. <laughs> nice. So that's always fun. Um, but. Yes, I'm excited to build off of that and keep continuing down, you know, an exciting season three. So thanks, y'all, for joining me. Um, So today we are talking kind of before uh, the episode started, um, talking about nurturing this inner child. Uh, We've talked about that before on the podcast in previous seasons, and it kind of builds off of, you know, being a healthy human and what that entails. And so today we kind of thought we'd cover um, what actually is your inner child. We've mentioned it a couple of times and we've gone kind of briefly into it, but what is it? Um, What does a healthy inner child look like? What does that conversation look like with yourself? What What are the standards for where you should put that? And then you know how to repair, how to go back and kind of build back what um, needs help or uh, could help you along. So that's kind of what we were thinking about tackling today. Awesome. Let's do it. Boom. <laughs> we need like a, a drum set or something that occasionally <laughs> adds a little. Steve Dodge. <laughs> there you go. Just some extra little energy whenever you're like, okay, we're ready. We're on Sweet. it. Buckle up. That's do right. This. So we're going to start with um, what even is our inner child, right? Yes, for sure. And we're talking about inner child as in no matter what age you are, you have an inner child. Yes. All of us have these parts that are helpful to understand that we can biologically or chronologically be a certain age, for instance, 50, (laughs) (laughs) for example, just a fabulous age, just a, just an accomplishment to get a half century somewhere. Um, but so you can be whatever age that you are, but then there are parts of us that are also, um, contributing to how we're experiencing the world. We're sometimes seeing them through a lens of our wounded child our adapted adolescent. We talked about the different parts last time about like a confused self, a conflicted self, um, maybe parts of us that feel unresolved, or our different emotions, our angry self, our sad self, our happy self, whatever these parts are, well, we could kind of collectively call those parts. I remember we had LaShonda Sugg on our um, Off the Beaten Path, and she calls them our littles, which I think is the cutest thing ever. Like, these are our littles. So our inner child represents these different parts within all of us that we can get in better touch with as we're talking about coming back to home base. And what does that even mean? We, we mentioned last time about getting back to the sense of self of who we are, the essence of who Samuel is, who Sarah is, who Julie is, and 
what does that mean to, to know myself, nurture myself, um, provide and take good care of myself, protect myself, all these different things, um, that might sound like very self-absorbed on one extreme, but honestly, it's where our greatest locus of control is because Mm. I can't, I can't make anybody else do anything. Um, but I can be assertive to take good care of myself and be aware and be present in the world and to show up as my best self. Hmm. So that's kind of where this nurturing our inner child or what our inner child is that if we're in the present and we are a functional adult, we have the awareness of these different parts and how they what thoughts or feelings are coming up, what body sensations are coming up, what feels unresolved, what feels like we're reacting instead of responding. But we want to spend special time today just talking about what, what would that look like to nurture our inner child? So it could be any of these parts that we're referring to. Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, something that came up recently, I can't remember what we were talking about. Maybe it was one of the chickens, but just how my reaction to what Connie had said was so immediate and so just brought me back, that just kind of connected to me what you had said earlier with the reacting versus um, responding. Is that what Mm -hmm. you had said? Mm -hmm. Um, And I can also see like we kind of had a mini, you know, like snap back and forth and I realized I kind of reacted too quickly and I was just kind of having an adverse reaction to whatever she was saying. So I can totally see the benefits of being able to nurture that and sit with your inner child a little bit and figure out like, I even sat in the moment thought, what did this bring up for me? Or why did I flip so quickly without, because my brain didn't even process it. It was Mm -hmm. almost like it was flipping back, you know, however many years and just seeing it from that perspective and being like, no, that wouldn't work, you know, or whatever it was. So Mm -hmm. I just think that's interesting that I just experienced that. And I imagine that a lot of people on here listening experience that as well, you know, or even when interacting with other people, how quickly like people react to stuff, you know, that could be a a flipping. And I I think the way that's described in, as you're talking about, it makes so much sense too, because it is so quick that it's almost like something just shifted. Like it just Mm -hmm. jolted me. I just, had a snap reaction, like people, for instance, with anger might say they go from zero to a hundred in just a split second. And they're like, what just happened here? Well, that very much makes sense with like our flipped lid that we've talked about with understanding the parts of the brain that if you have your fist and the prefrontal cortex is online with your um, upstairs brain and it's online, you're, you're, you're able to be in the present in your functional adult, but with your flipped lid that all of a sudden things have kind of jolted you into being, feeling unsafe, danger, danger. I'm reacting to something. My lid is flipped. That causes me to respond in a way that's more protective, not connecting, but more, I've got to keep myself safe because I'm about to get wounded. So I'm either going to come out with a fight flight freeze fawn response, or I'm going to try to notice, whoa, something's happening too fast for me to take all this in. And I'm going to bring it back. um, Pause, take some deep breaths, get back into the present to go. Let me check in with myself, which is so much about what this coming back to home base is and nurturing our inner child. So kind of as a, a summary of that 
as a takeaway for someone who's not fully invested in therapy, but they're listening to our podcast or you're invested in therapy. You're listening to our podcast. Those go hand in hand. Um, but if you're trying to interpret this for yourself as, as I am right now, you're saying, you know, if you find yourself reacting instead of being present and able to respond, maybe without, um, um, like your heart rate going up or just finding yourself shocked at like how you just reacted. So you are probably dealing with some inner, you are dealing with some inner child, um, unresolved trauma. Whereas if you have a healthy child or healthy inner child, then you're less likely to be um, like set off or dysregulated or immediately reacting. I'm just trying to interpret this so that if someone on the street were to ask me, how do I know that I need healing? How do I know that my inner child isn't um, healthy? One of the things I could tell them was, well, how do you, how do you react? And do you find yourself reacting? Is that something that would be a, a clue? I think definitely that we notice the body sensations and even just how Samuel gave the example about the chickens. I can think back into a conversation I had yesterday where I could feel this shifting happening in my chest, like this little, like, whoo, like there's just, a uh, um, unsettledness or like, uh, I'm not sure what's happening right now in the dynamic of the conversation or a, I don't know if I'm scared right now, kind of feeling, or like, I, it was almost like, uh, I'm stumbling a little bit and I'm trying to figure out. And it wasn't for me in that example, it wasn't like a full on flipped lid where I got reactionary to things. It was more of a like, Oh, what that person just said, stirred me. Like mm -hmm. I felt it. I responded to what someone was saying to me in a way that felt like I had a body sensation response. So that was like an alert to me to say, okay, I need to notice what's coming up for me. Like when we're having, we could be having a conversation with somebody, we could be reading a book and something that we read stands out. We could be watching a movie. So often I'll have people processing with me, telling me about their week. And they'll say, I was watching this show. I was watching this movie and here was the scene. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, that like reminded me of this time that I had something like that, that happened, mm -hmm. or maybe sometimes we hear somebody's wording of something and we are kind of what we would say triggered by that. Like it, it all of a sudden stung a little bit, or it, it hurt, even if they weren't intending it, even if, you know, we weren't in the middle of a major argument or fight, it was just kind of like, how, like that, that got me. So all of those kind of not just reactions of like a lost temper or a flipped lid, but also just in those little um, swooshes, like a, a something inside. It could be in your heart, in your chest. It could be your hands. It could be your feet. It could be your head where you're just like, what? Like what just happened? Like that impacted me somehow. And if, if we can stay in our functional adult and stay curious about it, that's where we're able to really scoop up our wounded child and nurture our inner child to say, huh, I wonder what that was. If I can stay in a place of curiosity and compassion, that's the best environment. That's the safest environment for my nervous system to be able to 
hold what is happening and process it and integrate it instead of having to react to it in a protective mode. Julie, you have a comment here on, on your um, slides and in this one, I'm going to adapt it just a little bit, but it says, you know, trauma will limit an, a parent's ability to respond in nurturing ways to their children. And I think that this, I wonder too, you know, trauma will, trauma will limit a parent's ability to respond in nurturing ways to their own inner child. So you have, as I think for parents, it's just striking me that for parents, you have double duty here, right? You have how you respond to your own inner child, and then you have how you respond to your children. And right. you can't parent until you've, you can't parent healthily. Or you can parent up to a point, but you still have your own inner children, inner child to um, reparent and or um, go through this healing process with before you can effectively parent your own children. Is that safe to say? Yeah, it's very much simultaneously happening for people who are parents because it, it's almost like it's putting our brain in this position of I was once this child I was once two or 10 or 16 or an but we infant. never behaved like 16 year olds did we, we were <laughs> much more mature but we have this sense of like oh I wonder how did my parent respond to me and and the other thing that is the dynamic happening with parents with children, that relationship is that, and Todd has said this before, um, for those who don't know Todd, he's my husband. Um, so he has said like, kids don't have the awareness not to push the do not touch button that's on us that we're like, we're getting poked and prodded and mm. in, in, in essence triggered a lot because we're in that, like, you're pushing me a little bit too far. And I'm feeling overwhelmed in that moment as the parent. And so it's going to bring up for me, not the present alone and what's happening in that interaction with the child alone, but also all of my history of times that I felt the same helplessness, powerlessness, shame, embarrassment, guilt, pain, whatever it might be, grief, like whatever our unresolved layers are that are surfacing. Our kids are, you know, we've used the phrase from um, Shafali. I always want to try to remember her first name. Um, Sabari Shafali, I believe is her name, but she calls children our awakeners mm -hmm. because they're like touching on and awakening these parts in us that aren't yet fully matured. So it reminds us like, Oh, I've got more work to do. I need to spend more time with that. I need to be able to be, as you're describing Sarah, like simultaneously aware of my littles in LaShonda's term, my inner children, um, and all my parts, but I'm also trying to be present and be a functional adult parent to help my child through all of their stressors, dysregulation, emotions, feelings, all of that. That is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. If that doesn't sell parenting, <laughs> but it's an opportunity. I mean, sure. it's, it's a beautiful opportunity, truly. If we'll take it, it's an invitation to say, can I go back and, and find these places that I've been wounded or unresolved? We can go back and our needs can be heard and responded to and met. So we've got the painful things that come up for us, 
um, and we're reminded of what's unresolved, but part of what it looks like to nurture this inner child is to say this time I'm going to allow that need to be met and nurtured and cared for. So when I had holes and gaps in my development, I'm actually able to meet that need instead of burying it, swallowing it, avoiding it, pushing it down. I'm saying, Oh, I'm noticing that, that I'm, I'm being able to observe it without judgment for myself, without shame. I'm able to say like, Oh, that was, that was hard. That was stressful. Can I give myself some compassion? Can I allow it to be more integrated and can I learn from it? Can I embrace it? Can I make it part of my cohesive narrative, my story? It's interesting. You know, I think we're naturally kind of moving into what does a healthy inner child look like or what does a healthy conversation look like Mm -hmm. or how to respond to those situations in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And even in that moment, I remember kind of tracing back to where is this memory coming from? Like, what's it going on? And then I remember thinking as well, like, it's a different time. Like I've grown up, things have changed, like stuff like that, that um, I see on this list of things that are good to do. (laughs) But I'd be curious kind of we, as we move into kind of this next topic of what is a healthy inner child look like, or what is a healthy, you know, mindset look like around this? What are some other thought processes that you could have or other things that you could tell yourself or practices you could do? I think it's allowing yourself to have these needs in the first place to be seen and heard and understood and cared for and embraced. Uh, We're so quick as a society to um, not pay attention to our bodies and our needs. We really train each other to kind of be more dissociative and more hurry up, get it done, rush through your day. You can get through your whole day and not realize you have a body. I know that Mm -hmm. might sound really strange, but you can forget like, did I eat today? Did I, have I had anything to like stay hydrated? Am I, as Samuel takes his drink a little bit, like, let me make sure I'm hydrated. There's a moment every episode that mom mentions something about breathing or eating. Posture. And everybody rushes to go do that thing. (laughs) But it's a reminder to us that we're embodied. We are. And honestly, this has been a really fun journey for me. And probably the last, I would say five to seven years or so of like really, enjoying noticing and paying attention Mm. to, because those are moments that I can nurture. Like I love, and this is going to sound maybe so silly, but it's honest, true vulnerability. It is a gratitude here in the moment for lotion. Like the feeling of having really smooth skin that's Mm. hydrated. I remember I was thinking of this, I think yesterday when I was getting ready, because part of my morning routine is to put lotion on my legs and I remember when I was like, go back a few decades younger, (laughs) um, I would go to the doctor and notice that like my skin hurt, Hmm. like it really was so dry that it was almost like cracking or something. And that might sound really gross. So I apologize if I've grossed anybody out, but it's like, I I decided to do something about it. Cause I think my doctor even said, um, do you use lotion? (laughs) (laughs) Like, here's a, here's a thing that could help you. Have you tried lotion? And it's like, but I never took the time or effort and Mm -hmm. me hydrating my skin. Mm -hmm. And so now I really focus on like my legs or my hands. Um, it feels so much different. 
if yes. I'm taking good care of myself or if I'm not. And then lotion also has like sometimes different fragrances that you could really enjoy or something that just feels soothing or nurturing, caring, tending to ourselves. Like it, it's just night and day for me. And so something that might take all of a minute, I could be more mindfully aware that I'm doing that. And that becomes a nurturing thing. The touch aspect of, um, putting lotion on your skin, you know, how often do we experience comforting and safe touch? Um, I, I, that just kind of stuck in my head. And that we can even do that for ourselves. Like sometimes people are mm -hmm. feeling maybe neglected that I don't get enough touch, but even when we rub our hands under the water, it might be cool water on a hot day. It might be warm water on a cold day. Um, temperature can be very soothing depending on if we want warm or cold. Um, even giving our hands like a, a massage with our thumb or our feet when we're, you know, maybe doing yoga, sometimes they'll say like, give your massage, massage your feet a little bit or your neck or your shoulders just to press into your muscles. Notice that you have muscles. Notice that you've got tension that's been accumulating because of your stress load. Like you can stretch that you can move that and bring movement. I once heard someone say motion is the lotion. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, but it reminds me when I think of that phrase, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to move because we get so stiff. So these are ways of being embodied. These are ways of nurturing and knowing that we have all these littles and we have a self. You know, I think that this is really interesting and I do see you know, basically coming back to home base, it's amazing how all of our themes come back together, but um, coming back to home base, like nurturing those things that, you know, we take for granted are the most basic things that are often neglected, like we talk about touch or even taking some time with yourself. I was just thinking um, that I see nurturing your inner child. I sometimes think of nurturing your inner plant because <laughs> mm -hmm. I think plants are so simple. Like you give them, I mean, they're not, they're incredibly complex, but you give them like basically water and sunshine and, you know, a good temperature and they just churn out fruit. And it's kind of similar to, you know, how humans are, you know, understanding, you know, your limitations and your body and stuff like that. I also do see that as a kid thing whenever I was a kid, sometimes the focus was, you know, am I hungry or tired or can I take a deep breath? So going back to the, what this healthy inner child looks like, can we maybe parse it out a little bit more with regards to like, how would you handle, uh, interactions or like, what does having a healthy inner child look like in a day-to-day, -day, um, experience? I think some of that we're going to be unfolding in our coming episodes. The thing that comes to mind for me in this moment is to be attentive, hmm. to be attuned, to be noticing mindful, because then we can be responsive to it. So I think that's kind of at the foundation of all of it. So it will also play itself out as we talk more with like boundaries that we protect ourselves, that we make the effort to connect with others that, um, that we are balanced and moderate, that we do things that are loving and caring and um, compassionate to ourselves. All of those are different layers of it. But until we've been 
uh, noticing and attuned and attentive, we can't be responsive to it if we're not paying attention, Mm. you know, noticing the dryness in your mouth or your skin or your lips, like needing, um, chapstick or something like that. Those are small things that your body's indicating to you. I don't have enough hydration. I don't have, and hydration gives us energy. It gives us mental health. It gives us a mood stabilizer. You know, one of the first things that we do when we're struggling with health as Samuel holds up the water glass, um, it is to get them hydrated. You know, what do you do at the hospital? Whenever you've got a patient, you get them on an IV and you get them fluids. Like it's foundational for us being okay. Mentally, emotionally, um, having physical strength. Like, so I notice that by how does it feel inside my mouth? How does it feel on my lips? If my lips are dry, how does it feel on my skin? If my skin is dry, like those are all things. <laughs> Sarah's hilarious. Her poor drink is dry, but that means you've been drinking it. She's like, I don't have anything. I was to like, drink. please, I can't leave. Yeah. So maybe it means you've been hydrating, but maybe you need more. So like noticing is a huge part of taking care of ourselves because we can't be attentive to it. We can't be responsive to needs that we're not even paying attention to. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's um, awesome. I also think too, being okay with yourself whenever things don't go well, that's something that I Mm. see hand in hand because so often like I'm driving, sometimes I drive for work and on my way, I'm like, now is the perfect time to hydrate. And I look around, there's no water bottles. <laughs> Nothing is full of water. And then I'm like, oh, I should always bring water whenever I'm in my car, you know, kind of like chastising myself being like, why didn't I just, and then thinking, you know, it's been a hectic day. It's okay. Next time I want to make sure I have water. And I do find that I generally start to bring stuff with me whenever I travel. So I I just think those two go hand in hand too. That's something I see. We were looking at this list of, um, you know, rights you have as a person or things that are good for you to kind of ground yourself on. And I just noticed like a lot of them kind of follow that need of, um, you know, be caring to yourself and kind of be attentive to that. And then at the same time being, okay with yourself and mm-hmm. giving definitely a break. compassion. I love this phrase, um, that I learned from Robin Goble that we also had on off the beaten path, um, previously. And she talks about compassion is the neurobiology of change. Mm. And what that means is that our nervous system will develop and evolve and grow when it's held in safety and compassion and welcome mm. and embrace instead of shaming, judging, criticizing, all of that puts us in a state of defense and we can't grow in that state. It's like a flipped lid. There's no growth in that. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to be connected and have compassion and repair so that we can grow. So the thing that Samuel's referring to with the list, I think that we just wanted to touch on a little bit of our rights as a um, sense of self, as our inner parts, our littles, that we all have. And I love this being in our plants, which I also wanted to just piggyback on that plant comment, Samuel, because I love being able to nurture plants because you get to see how, what a difference it makes when you give them that drink of water. Like they are so much visible, 
yeah, it is so visible. It's like, oh my gosh, I can notice like whenever it droops down and I add water, you can literally watch the leaves like lifting. Like, okay, I'm glad you powerful. mentioned this because I kind of now have an idea about Community Roots bumper stickers. One oh, nice. that says, nurture my inner, pl- like nurture your inner plants. And the other one that says motion is the lotion. <laughs> <laughs> We've got bumper stickers now. But anyways, going back, circling back sure. to these rights um, that we have. This is from DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is just a way of understanding um, our need for balance and for something that is true of all people that we have these legitimate rights. And I think we're going to be posting some of these on our social media. So you'll be able to see them, but you could also even do a little Google on DBT and our rights. Um, But we have things like you have a right to need things from others, which is life-changing for people because sometimes we weren't able to have needs or we didn't get our needs met. Um, You have a right to put yourself first. Sometimes Hmm. you have a right to feel and express your emotions or your pain. Like these are ways that we allow our inner child and to nurture our inner child to have feelings, to have needs, to be able to prioritize ourselves and that that's okay. You have the right to your opinions and your convictions of your own thoughts, your own feelings. Um, You have a right to what your experience is, even if it's different from other people, Mm. what your reality is. I think that's also part of your sense of self. Mm-hmm. Like so much gla- gaslighting occurs in a lot of different areas to just accept like, and to also not push that on other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like your experience is an exclusive. Mm-hmm. So often when we talk about these rights or boundaries, it's like, I have this right. And so do you, mm-hmm. I have this right. And so do you, I have the right to ask for help or for emotional support or whatever, um, I might need, even if I don't always get what I need, I still have the right to ask and to pursue it. Um, I have the right to take responsibility. You have a right sometimes to inconvenience or disappoint others. Mm. That's, that's a hard one for people to feel. That is really hard. (laughs) That's, that's one we might have to work on a little bit. Like that's definitely hard to just, yeah, let's edit that one out. Cause I'm not sure if I'm okay. with. <laughs> <laughs> let's wish we didn't have to work on that muscle. My uh, inner people pleaser just like, just cringed. cringed. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. kind of went, what I have to learn to do what? Yeah. So all of these are important parts of nurturing our, our inner child. Yes. And I'm so excited to kind of continue this conversation about our inner plant. <laughs> um, now you're going to be visualizing that. Right. And I love the nature piece too, because that helps us feel connected to ourself and to earth mm-hmm. and to the ground and to yes. change. I mean, I'm always amazed when I can see how plants grow and yes. change and evolve. It's like, Ooh, that's like a living thing in my office. Like I have a right. whole bunch of them. I love it. Um, but I do th- hope that this episode, you know, kind of like a lot of our episodes starts to bring these ideas to the forefront of your mind, like to start practicing these things. And so that it becomes more of a muscle that's worked. Another thing I think of is muscle memory and building that kind of reaction. So whenever somebody brings up, you know, the chickens, you don't revert back to a past self. 
you're actually there in the moment, you're present, you've built up that muscle memory to work on it. So I hope this has really helped um, and kind of brought these thoughts to the forefront of your mind um, kind of as we go throughout the week. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, and also to Sarah and mom as well. Thanks for joining me. So glad. Um, are we going to do you? gratitudes? <laughs> yeah, Sarah's ready. <laughs> oh, she's like, come on, don't she's forget like, the Let's gratitude. Rack them up. She doesn't want to have that be a thing of the past. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll leave it in. Before we do go though, for our gratitudes, I did want to take some time to thank Carrie Stratton for helping Yay! us. Yes, we are thank so you, thankful for Carrie. Yes. Uh, actually some of the lists that we are using today from DB was from Carrie. So we are so appreciate. Yep. That's <laughs> I'm going to edit a T. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you said DV, which would be domestic violence. So no, no, yes. I just wanted to make Dialectical sure we got the right letters behavioral in theory. And so, or therapy. therapy. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thanks. Thanks to <laughs> Carrie. Thanks for, uh, helping with our social media and getting the word out. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Um, we are so excited to have um, Carrie is interning with us and sharing her talents and heart. She has a huge heart for mental health and humans and being a healthy human. So I have so much respect and love for her. Yes. And um, we don't mention this nearly enough, but thanks to Steve Dodge for our theme song that we use mm-hmm. every week. That's called, I think, Make the Earth Green Again. Uh, which also works, but okay, let's round it up. Let's end it out on some gratitude. Sarah, you're going first. Okay. I am so ready for this. Um, I just want to say two things, uh, to our listeners. One, you matter, we matter. Um, but you matter and check how you are. Are you reacting versus responding? And these are also for me, but also I'm just so grateful for seeds. Um, with this whole plant thing, (laughs) I have a black thumb. I notoriously, I can kill anything. Um, but even though I keep trying to kill these things, um, just know that seeds have been stored for thousands of years and they can still grow when placed in the right conditions. Um, seeds tossed aside can grow in adverse conditions. You will find seeds. I have a sunflower plant in my front yard that just grew out of nothing because some random bird, you know, pooped it out probably. Um, (laughs) but it is huge and it has grown into this giant hybrid sunflower thing. Um, and so be, yes, some seeds will die if they're not tended to, but those aren't people seeds, your inner plant will always have the option to grow. And I'm just Mm -hmm. so grateful for having plants around so that I can continue to work on my own green thumb, um, in both a tangible way and, and then, um, my own inner child way. I love that. I'm feeling particularly thankful for my plants around my office and, nature and we're right now in some beautiful weather and um being able to be outside enjoy fresh air being able to feel the ground beneath us and the sky above us is a great way to feel held so i love those practices the things that we're talking about today and on this podcast are things that i'm doing all the time to kind of support my own mental health and sense of being nurtured that I did not have a clue how to do any of this stuff for mm, all the years mm-hmm. of my upbringing. So I'm particularly thankful that my path has um, brought me to a place of being more nurtured, something that I have desperately needed and wanted and didn't really uh, feel connected to or have. And I feel like now I do, and it's made me, um, and it's a process for sure. It's not like I've arrived somewhere, but it's made me a better mom. It's made me a better human. 
Um, and so I'm excited with living these things out and practicing them, repeating them in the small moments of our day. Yeah. I, um, will say maybe we should have an, a whole episode of just gratitudes. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, you guys picked a lot of plant-based ones. I dig that. Uh, I was going to go Especially with... as a vegetarian, you right. really dig that. Yeah, I really do dig that. Oh, digging it. I will <laughs> say... <laughs> That's true. Good one, Sarah. Um, my cat, Lila, is totally snuggly every, like, especially as it gets um, warmer. So I just, uh, I, I'll take the time to appreciate whenever your pets like to just be in your presence. That for me yes. is really cool. But the cat has been laying at my feet this entire time. Oh, perfect. Bonus perfect. <laughs> oh, okay, we're gonna have to shut Sarah we're down have before to, she goes. We're crazy. gonna have to close it. Sweet. Well, thanks y'all for joining us. Uh <laughs> we will be back on the air um on the 19th, and we are sticking to that every other week schedule. So um we look to see you then. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Bye.